Well, I want to welcome you today to the Hills Church at Home. What a great opportunity to come together around God's Word, uh, around the book of Revelation. If you've been listening uh, even this whole summer in the book of Revelation, I pray like John said, that if you read these words, you're blessed and that you're blessed reading this. You know, um, one of the things to remember when we uh, are in our studies here is download the notes. Uh, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, because I don't get the opportunity to go in every different verse that we list. And it's important that you go back and you study these things as well. And if you have kids, you can download the kids activity sheet. Uh, and they can uh, follow along at some point as well, too. Our title today is Armageddon. Now, don't think of a movie. Uh, don't think of something else. In fact, Jesus is going to use this word. But this is the, the final battle at the second coming of Jesus. This is the final battle. So we want to look at that today, uh, Armageddon. And we said this last week, we've been saying this throughout this last year, that living in these days shouldn't shake your faith. It should awaken your faith. You and I are living in these days, exciting days, days that are concerning, days that we're watching what's taking place around the world. But we, we should have our Bibles with us and be following along because Jesus is speaking and leading. Hey, and I get it. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, teaching in the book of Revelation, uh, I thought, I first said, I don't know if I'd ever do that again. It, it really is one of those uh, books that you, you have to study Old Testament, New Testament. And what's amazing is every single detail. What do you think that John thought after he saw some of these things? You know, so I would guess, and, and I would probably include myself uh, as well, that many times um, when you begin to encounter the book of Revelation, it gets so puzzling, and at some times it might get a little confusing that you put it aside, and that the only thing you go back into is the Gospels, the book of Psalms, and then Proverbs. But we're blessed because we read it. These are events that are prophesied that will take place. And we need to know these things. This is an eternal book that will, will forever, for eternity, uh, be the word of God for us. Now, I haven't done this in the last few weeks. I was doing it at the beginning of Revelation. But I, I wanted to read this for us. And I just quickly, um, uh, at Friday evening... As I was finishing up some of my notes, I wanted to pull the top headlines. In fact, I, I look at a website, watch.org, and it pulls headlines from around the world, top headlines uh, that are being viewed. So let me read, listen to this as I read these quickly. Uh, Hezbollah fires rockets into Israel. First time since 2006. Uh, some of this, this one is having to do with uh, what the north of Israel into Lebanon. As tensions rise, Israel's defense minister, Benny Gantz, said Israel is ready to strike Iran. China is forging closer military ties with Russia. 
Iran is 10 weeks away from, uh, from a breakout to a nuclear weapon. Satellite images reveal that China is building a second nuclear missile silo field with imagery showing a potential for 120 ICBM sites. That's intercontinental ballistic missile that can strike anywhere in the world. Uh, Moderna, the, the one of the vaccine companies, Moderna makes billions stock doubles. Biden wants half of new cars sold in 2030 to be hybrid or all electric. Now, as I was reading these and I came across the hybrid and all electric, you know, we started weeks ago with looking at the soul of America. And I won't take time. You can do that on your own. If you go look at the topics that are uh, being pushed or number one, whether it's social media, you know, we're, we're noticing and, and watching that social media has become kind of the, the news of the day. Even if you look at some of the news websites, the, the topics that are being pushed uh, does not show anything that's taking place around the world. When you look around the world, the, the world nations are positioning themselves militarily, taking up territory. And it seems like that we're, we're so, in the United States, I would say, we're caught up in other things that we're missing what's taking place. There's a shift that's taking place that we're missing and we've gotta be praying uh, for the United States of America. And as we did that, uh, that title, that America gets back to its soul, it, its heart. You know, when we read uh, in a minute in Revelation chapter 16, the, what we're going to read about Armageddon is where the seventh bowl of judgment is poured out. So we'll read that in a minute. Uh, in the book of Revelation, there have already been the seven seal judgments that Jesus opened. There's been the seven trumpets and now the seven bowls. Now, let me just read a quick highlight. The bowl judgments that have gone out on earth, there are sores on those with the mark of the beast. The sea turns to blood. Now, remember, in the plagues in Egypt, the rivers turned to blood. Now, the seas turn to blood, rivers turn to blood, and springs turn to blood. And it mentions that uh, all sea life died. Uh, there's a scorching with fire, darkness, and pain. And as we'll read today, the river Euphrates. When you hear Euphrates, Tigris and Euphrates, it was so much in the news at the beginning of Desert Storm, all of those, because it's in Iraq. Tigris and Euphrates should, if you know your Bible, throw like a little, hmm, that's where the Garden of Eden was. So now we read the river Euphrates dried up. Now remember, it was already blood because that was in one of the bowl judgments. So now the blood's dried up. There's been a loud voice. There's been an earthquake and there's been hail. You know, some of the Bible scholars, when they look at some of the weight of the hail, some of them confer that some of those uh, hail are 100 pounds a piece coming down. You know, if you've never watched hail, come down and strike in certain uh, communities and states, it'll ruin your vehicle. I mean, it'll completely dent your vehicle, just small hail. 
Well, as they thought, huge hail that's come down. So let's pick this up in Revelation chapter 16, verse 12 through 14. Let me pick that up first. And it says this, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up. So listen to this, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. Then I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophets. For they are the spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth, and to the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And this is what Jesus says. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and he who keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gathered them together at a place in Hebrew called Armageddon. Lord, I pray as we read these scriptures today that we have insight. In fact, we see Jesus is our conquering king. I even pray for those that as we read these and they're looking at their life and they're looking at things that they're challenging, that you will speak life even to all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we read these. In fact, let me mention this as we go on. That when we read about Armageddon, we read about it. It's mentioned in the book of Revelation. Uh, the word Armageddon is only mentioned one time, and it's it's right here. In fact, in Hebrew, you can you can look it up. There's several places where there were battles uh, before, but it's an actual physical site. This battle of Armageddon is where King Jesus and his saints are going to have the final battle against Satan, the Antichrist, and the entire world army that is all headed for the final destruction of the nation of Israel. In fact, we, we need to remember this, that when we see Jesus now coming on the scene, Jesus is a warrior. If you remember on Palm Sunday, as he came into Jerusalem, he was riding on a colt which showed humility. He's coming back on a white horse, which shows his authority. The Bible records that his eyes are like fire and there's a sword coming out of his mouth. And we need to remember Jesus is a conquering king. First, he had to conquer and go through the cross. And next, he rises from the dead, and now he's going to return to rule and reign as king. So it's very interesting because as we read these verses, um, I'd encourage you to read Ezekiel 38 and 39. You can read some in Daniel. We know that the tribulation time is seven years. In fact, uh, I'll say it this way. Um, when the rapture of the church takes place, you can almost on a stopwatch count it that in seven years is when Jesus is going to return in just this one event uh, for the battle of Armageddon. But some believe that Ezekiel 38 and 39 are a separate battle altogether. Some believe when they read the battle of Armageddon that it's only a spiritual battle 
that it's not a physical battle. Hey, we, we can read all throughout our Bible that they are both. The spiritual battles become physical battles. It's not just, we're not reading just about uh, a, a spiritual battle. It is both. It's a spiritual battle and a physical battle. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against uh, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. There are spiritual battles which uh, flow out into the physical battles. Now, there could be a battle. In fact, there could be one even in the weeks and months ahead of when we're doing this message between Iran and some of the things in the Middle East, between Hezbollah. These things we're going to see again. There could be a big battle. But I believe and I lean to where Ezekiel 38 and 39 are part of what we're reading even right here in Revelation 16 of the same battles. You know, there's many descriptions and event in Ezekiel 38 that are consistent with some of the descriptions of the king of the north in Daniel chapter 11 and Armageddon in Revelation chapter 19 and Zechariah in Zechariah 14. Ezekiel 38 and 39 tell us that Israel will be invaded. Ezekiel 39 reads that the birds of the air will eat the flesh of the dead soldiers. Well, We'll read that here in a little bit in Revelation 19. Ezekiel 38 or 39 says Israel will spend seven years destroying the weapons of battle, and it will take seven years to bury all the corpses. But the entire tribulation is only seven years. So I lean to where these are the same event. In fact, we read them in Ezekiel and Daniel and Revelation, all taking place at one time, and I want to read that one part again about what Jesus says, and I, I picture him shouting this, but that's why I asked the question, who's he saying this to? He's not saying it to people in heaven. I almost believe he's shouting it for those that will hear on earth. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and he who keeps his garment, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gathered them together at a place in Hebrew called Armageddon. I believe he's shouting out to those what we would call tribulation saints to hold fast, hold on and watch. He's coming. He's coming quickly. You know, the word, as we mentioned, the word Armageddon in Hebrew is uh, the word Magado, which we read about the hill of Magado. This area is said, though, to only be 20 miles long and 15 miles wide. It's not a huge area. So it really makes you think, when you think about all of these militaries around the world, all of the ships and the submarines and the fighter jets, helicopters, tanks, personnel vehicles, uh, you know, we, we now see all of these different uh, trailer trucks that have uh, defensive armament. We see them that they have protection like the Iron Dome Patriot missile of the such. But here's what we know during the tribulation and there's already battles and there's already things that are happening on the earth. We don't know how much of this is destroyed. All we know is the remaining armies of the world 
are going to rally with the Antichrist and they're going to come to completely destroy Israel. In fact, as we read in that verse, uh, when the river Euphrates dries up, the kings of the east easily begin to drive across with the armies that they have. You know, it's interesting today, though, the this place, Armageddon, Magado, let me make sure I say that right, Magado, uh, has major battles that are recorded in the Old Testament. You can read them in Judges chapter four through six. Uh, one of the most familiar battles to us is that God used Gideon and an army of 300 to fight 100,000. That all happened in this area. Saul was defeated by the Philistines here in 1 Samuel chapter 31. And we could say this, that the divisive conflicts were settled here in the area of Armageddon. In fact, John sees this battle and he sees it as the battle of all battles. You know, we, we've had an opportunity to learn uh, and some witness World War I, World War II, uh, in our Korean War, Vietnam War, the wars that have happened now even in the Middle East in the last uh, 20 years. But as John sees it, this is the battle of all battles, and it will all take place at this one strategic place in Armageddon. And the book of Revelation points it out to us that this is the battle of battles. It is the greatest conflict of all. It is the struggle between, here's really what it comes down to, uh, Jesus and his church versus the forces of evil in Satan. And Satan is going to try to completely wipe Israel off and it's not gonna happen. Jesus is gonna return. It's interesting that in this tiny little piece of real estate, you know, we did that several weeks ago. We looked at how little the nation of Israel is, how small it is, seven or eight million people. And yet it's still today, one, one of the top, we, we see in the news uh, titles, it's one of the top ones that we keep an eye on, uh, militarily taking place, nations rising up again. And the, this physical battle is going to show us the real truth that it's always been a, a spiritual battle played out in the physical. It's the human race wrestling with the lies and the deceptions of the spirit of demon, but it's really all about the heart of men and women. This spiritual battle has been raging already, and it's trying still to trap hearts and minds. That's why the apostle Paul says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The book of Revelation is a message of hope to God's people. In a, even in a time of great darkness, and this message is for the blessed. Reading, uh, reading it sure gives you some very interesting uh, visual things, right? He sees these demons coming out as frogs. He's, you know, he's trying to equate these things down. Now, I wanted to jump down here a little bit. In fact, I want to jump in, give a, a picture here into what's taking place in heaven after this battle. Revelation 19, one through five. After these things, so after this battle of Armageddon, here's what John sees. 
after these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. And again, they say, hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. Then a voice from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both great and small. Now we get a small description of this battle of Armageddon. I think we read some of the details in Daniel and in Ezekiel. We get the picture of Satan, the Antichrist, the kings of the north and south. In fact, when, when you look at some of the nations that are represented in Daniel and Ezekiel, you, you get images of Gomer, uh, Germany, kings of the north, Russia, kings of the east, China. But then you get nations like Ethiopia and Libya and, and different ones around that don't necessarily, uh, they're not part of what we would look today in our day as nations that militarily uh, are strong enough to invade, but they're all coming with the Antichrist, the battle of battles, whoever is left. We read about, right, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers. Seven years Israel will take to destroy all the weapons and bury all of the body. I mean, it's a battle of battles in this small place where Jesus comes down as conquering king. And yet then John, we shoot right into Revelation 19 and we're back in heaven at a great multitude saying, hallelujah, salvation, right? 24 elders bowing down. So John, his first image that he sees into heaven is almost exactly the same thing that we just saw. Worship to the Father God. 24 elders falling before the ground. And it really made me remember this one verse that Jesus, when he taught us to pray, that we were to pray in this one part. I just want to read this one part. Uh, Matthew 6, 9 through 10. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Notice what it's going to end with. As it is in heaven. As it is in heaven, all of these events taking place on earth, these battles, uh, all of the plagues, all of the things that are taking place, and yet the picture in heaven is not, it's polar opposite wouldn't even be a word to use. It, it's not even something they can fathom in heaven what's taking place on earth. And yet Jesus said, when you pray, you pray to the Father, but um, you want things as on earth, how? As in heaven. So John starts after the seven letters to the seven churches. Then he sees into heaven, he gets this picture of heaven. And now after a battle of Armageddon, he sees again into heaven. 
and it's praise and worship unto God. I think what's important for us when we read this is we get the perspective in our lives as what's taking place in heaven. Uh, heaven is not as, well, let me say, let me back that up. Heaven's not concerned as we are concerned here on earth today. Heaven knows how this is going to play out. In fact, we read in our Bibles how it's going to play out. Uh, though there are details and things we might not understand, we don't know the days, we know how it's going to end. We've been given the final script, and it's not just a script, it's the word of God. It lasts forever. And we need to remember that perspective in heaven is totally different than what is taking place here on earth. But you and I are in a spiritual battle, and we have to be alert in these days. In fact, I, I like what uh, it said in Revelation chapter 19, verse 9. And he, to John says, and he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, these are the true sayings of God. Now, let's contrast that. The marriage supper of the Lamb, right? Celebration. Well, what's happening? That's heaven, right? We just talked about that. Well, what's happening on earth? Revelation 19, verse 17 through 18. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and all those who sit on them and the flesh of all the people, free and slave, both great and small. Wait, 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 wait. Come and gather for a supper. Hey, so there's two suppers taking place. There's the marriage supper of the lamb and there's a supper for all of the birds eating all of the corpses of everybody that's left on earth. That's kind of a gross description. But here's what's important. What's taking place on earth is a celebration, a marriage supper of the Lamb, Jesus and his believers. Jesus and those that stuck it out in the tribulation that were martyrs or that maybe made it through as he came back for the, his reign. There's a celebration. There's a celebration on earth, but it's not a celebration of anything except a feast of birds. So I looked at it. There's two suppers. There's one with Jesus, right, where you're invited to the supper, and then there's another supper where you are the supper. Well, that's not the supper that you want to be. Remember this, as on earth as it is in heaven. You know what the Bible gives us? The Bible gives us the true pictures. When we read our Bibles, as it says in Philippians 4, whatever things are true, our Bible is true. We read all those world events that are taking place and they're all true. But the truth is at the end of the day, Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus today is seated at the right hand of the Father God. When they look down on earth, they're not disturbed or disrupted. We wonder what takes so long. God doesn't have a watch. He's outside of eternity. Peter said a day is a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. God is waiting on those today that would receive him, his son Jesus, as their savior. 
He's giving them an opportunity to hear the gospel before all of these things take place. But our perspective in his word centers us around things taking place in heaven, eternal, rather than the things that we look at today that are temporal. So I pray that as we read these, that you're blessed because you've read Revelation, that you're, we're not so caught up in the details of that battle that we forget about Jesus, our Lord, the conquering king who came and emptied himself of all reputation to walk among us. And then he emptied himself and he submitted himself to suffer and die and to shed his blood and to be crucified for us, to rise from the dead so that we could receive him as our Lord and Savior. And that is our hope and that is our destiny when we receive Jesus, our Lord. And we get that picture, whatever's happening in heaven, that's the image I need to have in my heart, in my mind today. Well, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I wanna invite you with a prayer that we read that comes out of Romans chapter 10, verse nine and 10, which says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you've been running from God, this is your opportunity to run back to him. So pray this prayer if you would with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I confess and accept Jesus as my Lord and the Savior of my life. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray today for you that are either watching or listening. I pray over your families, over your children, over your loved ones, that they are walking in health, wholeness, and healing, that the blood of Jesus surrounds them, surrounds your property, that you are the healed and the whole, and that you are, are the blessed. You know, as we read in the Bible, that if they drank any deadly thing, that it would not hurt them. They were, If they were bitten by a serpent, that it would not hurt them. That regardless of how you go about your life, that you are protected by the blood of Jesus. That we read in Psalm 91 that God has given his angels charge concerning you. That you are protected. And I pray that over you today and your families and over your children and uh, can I pray this? Can this be a part of our prayer that we in these days, that we have the mind of Christ, that our thoughts are fixed on him. We have the mind of Christ in Jesus name. Amen. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, uh, we read this one short verse, but it's life changing in the Bible, Philippians 419. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He'll supply all your needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know, uh, my wife and I were talking just the other day, and you know, my son recently got a job. My daughter got a new job. And uh, we've looked at just the blessing that's taking place on their life for their hard work. 
But you know what I said? You know, it came back, comes back to that we're, we have been faithful to the Lord in giving tithes and offering into missions whenever we can. Whenever we've been up against something that we know is going to require something that we don't have, we always start first by giving. Didn't matter if it was a wedding that my daughter was going to have. It didn't matter if it was a, a financial need or pressure taking place even in the church. We knew personally that a way to unlock those things was to begin to give. And so I pray today is, is we all trust that God, as our Father, is our provider. One of the ways that we show him that we trust him is we give and we give to him. In fact, remember when we give unto him, we remember that verse, whatever you do in secret, he'll reward you openly. You know, it talks about when you pray, don't be like, don't be like the Pharisees that go in the corner and yell and scream, go to your room, go into your closet and pray and that nobody knows what you're doing, but the father knows the father sees. And here's what the father does. He rewards openly. Pray this prayer if you would with me today. As I give in today's offering, I take my eyes off of my circumstances and I place it on my God. He is always working and he will provide for me everything that I need. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today, you can go online, go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the give button it's safe, it's fast, it is secure. You can also uh, write to us and give by mail. You can write to the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And we do, we thank you for your faithfulness in your giving and support of the ministry taking place at the Hills Church. You know, I wrote down in my notes, I'm not going to sing you this song, uh, but I do encourage you uh, to look it up. In fact, it's called The Lion and the Lamb. You know, uh, when Jesus comes back for his church and he stays in the clouds, we read there's a shout of the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. I believe that when that takes place, that the only people that hear that are Christians. And, and I came to that conclusion in John 10, 10, that, that the voice of the stranger you don't hear, but the voice of the good shepherd that you will hear. But I believe when Jesus comes back at that second coming, everybody hears, everybody knows he comes for his church, but he comes back for everyone as conquering king. In fact, uh, that song, Lion and the Lamb, he's coming in the clouds. And I like that one. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. Kings, all of those that think they're king, that try to keep their kingdom going, they're all going to bow down. And I love that one part of that uh, song. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? You know, today I pray that in your life, nothing can stop the Lord. His word does not return to itself void. You know what that means? His word does not return to itself empty. I always got that picture of a boomerang and an arrow. If you know how to throw a boomerang, it's going to come back to you. 
but an arrow is going to hit its target what it's directed at. His word does not return to itself void, empty. It accomplishes what it's sent to do. I pray that you have a hunger and thirst for his word. I pray even if the book of Revelation becomes confusing sometimes and some of the details and Daniel and Ezekiel that you just say, hey, I'm, I'm blessed because I read this. You know what you're going to do? You're going to read it for eternity. You're going to know because there's always going to be an hallelujah. There's always going to be a conquering Jesus. And we're always going to worship the lamb together. And as we do each and every week, uh, we look up to the hills. But where does our help come from? Our help, my help, your help today, this week, this year, the help for your children, your grandchildren, your family, your business comes from the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. We look forward to seeing you, talking with you, and being with you soon. God bless you.